Hello and welcome to FDTV. We are back again with another episode of our weekly podcast. I'm your host Ali, joined with my fellow co-host Jawad. Jawad, how are you doing I'm today? I'm doing great. Another exciting week of football that we just witnessed. Amazing football on display. And without moving any further, first thing, make sure to hit the subscribe button and uh, give it a thumbs up. Let's get into it. So, so Jadon Sancho transfer saga for Manchester United, which has been going on for the past two three seasons, has finally come to an end. Manchester United have signed Jadon Sancho for a fee in the region of 90 million. I think it's a bargain considering the current transfer market and the inflation going on around. So what did you make of the move and do you think this is going to be a brilliant signing, a title winning move? I I really hope so for the sake of United fan and for the sake of Jadon Sancho because even though uh, I might not be that big of a United fan, I've really admired what Fergie did with them back in the days and now uh the way Sancho has been playing I I really wish him the best. Uh, I do because as a player, uh he he doesn't do anything which makes you hate him, right? Because you've got the likes of Gareth Bale uh with the way they conduct themselves and you got obviously the cocky Ronaldo in there as well, uh which which got their haters, right? But Sancho is such a nice lad that uh, watching him play, you cannot help but root for him. So I I do really hope that this move pans out. Now, one thing that you said that I really want to talk about is obviously the 90 mil price tag because to me, uh I I I remember the days when Ronaldo was signed for a record-breaking 70 million at that time and uh, that was really really shocking. Kaká went for at the same transfer market for 55 and to see a player like Sancho going for 90 it really shows that the market has been changing because to me I think like the cars are getting expensive, the properties are getting expensive, all right? Uh, so it, it's getting to the inflated market and same thing is happening in the world of football as well. A 90 mil move in this market It is a bargain to what you say. Uh what do you see uh, in the future for him at United? I think he's the final piece in the attacking puzzle for Manchester United. If I look at his stats, I can go out all day. He had maintained an average match rating of 7.3 for Borussia Dortmund. His goal contribution of uh 50 goals and 64 assists in 137 appearances for them is remarkable. He always makes an impact whether whether he comes on from the bench whether he starts the match whether he is played in attacking midfield role for Dortmund and surprising fact is that he has played 80 matches as a left winger and only 72 matches as a right winger weird thing to say that united were looking for the perfect right winger and throughout his career sancho has deployed has been deployed as a left winger more often than not but regardless of that he's been a, a brilliant acquisition for dortmund on the right wing spot coming in uh, talking about united how he's going to fit in i think he takes the greenwood spot obviously he's going straight in, into the first team he's, he will get likely the number 7 shirt from cavani uh, do you think united need to add another attacker as a backup for cavani or this is the final piece in the puzzle no, absolutely I, i don't think cavani has what it takes to play all those matches because you got to keep in mind when you're in england you're competing in four different fronts you've got champions league obviously you've got premier league you got fa cup and then you've got uh, what's the other tournament that you guys have like the community english league cup english league, league cup. cup right so uh, you you're playing a ton of games you're playing a ton of games and uh, having cavani as just the uh, kind of star man up front is going to hurt because i don't think he has it in him to play all those games and obviously uh, cavani and suarez has been knocked out of uh, the copa america really shows that at the top level he is going to struggle right so having a backup does not hurt now whether he needs to be a starter is a is a point of debate that we can have all day uh if if you feel like you you guys need an attacker who would you go with uh i would go with probably someone like danny ings or dominic calvert lewin but i don't see that happening i think united will likely 
use Anthony Marshall as a backup for uh, Cavani and because Marshall has not been a starter for United and he didn't make any impact in the last season and he's been a disappointed considering the price tag that United paid for him. Uh, do you think that United should let Marshall go or in the current market considering the options available to them, uh, should they use him as a backup for Cavani? Uh, Marshall to me, I remember back in the days of FIFA 17, FIFA 18, how highly rated he was and everyone wanted him uh, as a youth project but uh, he hasn't really shown that potential. Now, a, a player with a tremendous high ceiling, but when they come into a place where uh, they're not able to grow, it's better for them to leave because he's still young. He's still young, so he, he still has room to grow. But whether he grows at United is a totally another thing. I don't think that's possible. But uh, overall, uh, having Sancho in, uh, and obviously with the rest of the attack, the way it's going, uh, I see good things ahead for uh, in, uh, United overall. So my final question to you about this Sancho saga is that United bought Henrik Mkhitaryan from Borussia Dortmund. He contributed 30 assists that season for Borussia Dortmund and he had the experience to go along with it. Sancho is coming back to the Premier League after a while. Do you see at any point this becoming a flop? I don't because you, you got to keep in mind Mkhitaryan is not a player made for Premier League. Sancho is, right? First of all, he's English, right? Second of all, he, he, he is very pacey. Mkhitaryan is never known for his pace, right? He is a tremendous True. midfielder in terms of his vision, in terms of his creativity, but he, is, he lacks pace, right? So that's where I feel like he struggled. And obviously, uh, having that um, just mentality of run, run, run all day long in Premier League, he, he wasn't a match for it, right? But Sancho has that mentality. Sancho is English. He's used to all of that pressure, right? So I feel like uh, I hope nothing uh, goes wrong and I wish him the best of luck uh, in the future. But I re I'm really hoping for a great career ahead for Sancho at United. Absolutely. Let's see what happens with Jadon Sancho. I'm very excited being a United fan that Sancho deal is obviously over the line. So best of luck to him and I hope United does, does well in the next season. Now, moving on to the biggest news of the day, Sergio Ramos, who was let go by Real Madrid. Instead of choosing United, instead of choosing Juventus, he has been signed by Paris Saint-Germain. Official announcement will be made very soon. So, what do you think about the, the Ramos' uh, departure from Real Madrid and his coming arrival towards PSG? Does this have any effect on the UCL status for PSG? Right, so I wasn't expecting Ramos to go to PSG. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was just writing that move off because of the whole Kylian Mbappe saga thing with going on between PSG and Real Madrid. I, I didn't think that Ramos would go ahead and take that step. But he has. Now, uh, where does he fit in? Because I feel like what PSG might have lacked was a midfielder who was going to cover the defense or a defensive midfielding signing. That, that would have been the case. But uh, who, who does he replace in the starting 11? Does Kimpembe give him room? Because I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's a move. But when you have Ramos in your locker room, it, apart from him being a strong, strong personality and having the experience of winning Champions Leagues over and over again, he's also a player who's going to demand a starting spot. Do you give him that starting spot? I thought that uh, personal Kempembe would make a lot of mistakes for France in the Euros. But it had went the other way. Varane and Kunde were kind of the disappointments from the defensive setup of France at the Euros. Kimpembe were looking the most solid defender. So if I look at the PSG backline, they've got uh, Bernard as a left winger, sorry, a left back. They got Presnel Kimpembe as a left-sided centre back, and they will bring Ramos in. 
and on the right hand side they will play Hakimi. That's a very good backline. Now the question remains of Marquinhos. Marquinhos has been deployed by PSG as a central defensive midfielder who provides the cover for the center back options. So that is the way PSG will likely line up and that is a very strong lineup. Now the uh, beauty of the Ramos move is that over the years, I think PSG have landed a lot of superstars who obviously were attracted by a lot of big contracts and their payday rather than the uh, history of the club because obviously it's the French league at the end of the day. It can't be compared by the better leagues in the European football. So Ramos is someone who is old school, who is concerned with defending, who likes to keep his concentration at all times at a high rate and he can likely provide the spine that PSG lacks in European competitions. Even though at 35, still, French League has a lower intensity than La Liga or any other league. So he will definitely be a positive addition. I think instead of Ramos, this adds massive pressure to Pochettino to deliver in his second season in charge. He will. He has all the options. You have Hakimi, you have Ramos, you will likely land Kamavinga and Mbappe and Neymar are up front with Di Maria in amazing form for Argentina at the Copa America. So, it, it's a scary thought looking at the transfers they've made. Uh, bringing in Hakimi, bringing in Donnarumma, uh, bringing in Ramos and bringing in Wijnaldum, right? Big, big name signings. Now, they desperately want to win Champions League. They desperately do. And having Neymar, just just look at look at their starting eleven. They've got Neymar, they've got Mbappe. Uh, for the time being, they've got Icardi, right? Uh, and then in the midfield, they're gonna have Marquinhos. To be honest with you, he actually started out as a defensive midfielder. He wasn't a star, starting centre back at the start of his career, so he's used to playing that position. Having him in there and having Varati in there, oh, scary, scary thoughts. And obviously having uh, now Kimpembe, Ramos, Hakimi, because I think that that's where they really lack on the right back part was someone who can really really uh, make a difference starting from the start and having Hakimi there is truly inspirational but unfortunately for all the Parisian I don't see a Champions League title in in your near future unfortunately that that's been the case they've always been very close but haven't been able to succeed and I've, I see another uh, Champions League season going past without um, the Parisian wing, winning it. Uh, do you see them going deep though? Do you see them going to the finals again? Only if they add Cristiano Ronaldo to their lineup. Other than that, I don't see Neymar and Mbappe having the courage and the experience at the top level on the big occasions. They lack that spine that players like Messi and Ronaldo have displayed throughout the years. So I think they will just fall short yet again because. Bayern Munich, Man City, Chelsea are better teams considering their coaches and their form coming in from last season. So that is where I think PSG will lack. One question before we wrap up though. Uh, Ramos to PSG. For Ramos, is it a good move? I don't think so. No. Because Ramos, if you want to bow out, you want to do something that nobody expected you to do. Uh, if he went to a club like Milan and won them the league title, that would be a brilliant move and that would probably put him in the best defender of all time category uh, like right there with the likes of Maldini and Cannavaro. Uh, moving to PSG, I think this is kind of just a superstar move, just a business move, just to show a statement to the world that you know we have all the big names. Obviously, Paris is the ca uh, fashion capital of the world. At the end of the day, it's his choice. Let's see what happens with him. Moving on from one player to another, obviously AC Milan lost Hakan Chalonuklu and Inter Milan signed him on a free transfer. Now you have to look for a replacement. Three players are linked, but the best 
move and the most reliable source that I have is Philip Coutinho is going to be offloaded by Barcelona and AC Milan are looking to sign him. Do you see it as a good move? I do. I have really liked Coutinho as a player. Now, me being a huge FIFA player, I, I cut him inside and should give him a nice finesse finish and it always ends up going into the back of the net. And that's the trademark that I've seen Coutinho. Right? Every time he cuts inside, he's on his preferred foot, he just lots it past the keeper. So, he's a very, very talented player. The issue becomes uh, is what he is able to bring to the table. Now, here's the thing. When you're playing with the likes of Messi... With the likes of Griezmann, Neymar, uh, you name it, such big players that you were competing against, it becomes tough for you to stand out. Uh, even, uh, for example, Ansu Fati is in a competition with his starting position as well. He's a really unique player, a player who can play on the wing, a player who can play as a traditional term number 10 as well, just in behind the striker. It's an exciting move, I, I must say. Uh, but there's another player who's on the cards, James Rodriguez. Obviously, he moved to Everton because of Carlo Ancelotti and Carlo Ancelotti, after a disappointing season with Everton, saw the managerial opening at Real Madrid and he has been signed on a two-year contract at the Bernabeu. This leaves James Rodriguez in a weird spot because I think he did well in his first season with Everton. Do you see him as an upgrade on Hakan Chalanoglu? Now, both him and Coutinho are 29 year old. Both of them have uh, tremendously high potential, but have somewhat managed to have a quieter career than what they were expected to be performing at. Now, I remember him bursting on the scene in the 2010 World Cup and really showing uh, the world what he is capable of. But since then, I think that, that was what ca like caused the big move to Real Madrid. I'm not uh, 100% sure of that but i think that was it and uh, he hasn't been able to be the same player since now he, he was playing really really good at Bayern munich and then his he moved back to madrid and then madrid offloaded him to everton now the exciting thing that i see him is that they're only asking for about 10 million now the 10 million is what makes it uh, a really true uh, specific transfer here so i feel like that should be something which is to be watched out for what, what's your opinion uh, is coutinho better or is uh hamas better option for milan i would go with hamas rodriguez uh, when he scored that terrific goal in the 2014 world cup against uh, for colombia that was the goal of the tournament and from that point I saw this is a special player. He moved to Real Madrid from Monaco for a fee of 60 million. Obviously, he was terrific for the first three, three, two seasons, shipping it with goals, shipping it with free kicks. And then he moved to Everton after falling, off, falling out with Zidane. But still a very terrific player. He likes to cut inside like Coutinho and deliver the ball towards the striker. I think Zlatan can take advantage of that. Uh, for the current setup at Milan, I would say that James Rodriguez is a better profile than Coutinho. Uh, Coutinho, I think, would be disrupted to, towards the growth of Rafael Liao. And Liao, I think, will should start from the left wing. James uh, Rodriguez, if he moves to Milan, makes a lot of sense. And even in his bad season at Madrid, he came up with the goals, he came up with the free kicks and assists. And I think his services are something that Milan can definitely utilize. And it, it's only going to improve Milan as a team. Uh, he is the kind of player that is a leader as well. So, him being on the pitch and being the disciplined guy can help the team and squad off the pitch as well. A very good character and Milan should move immediately because I think a lot of teams in the French league... And even 
David Beckham's Inter Miami are offering him a contract. So Milan should move quickly. And uh, James Rodriguez, I think, will definitely be an upgrade on Hakan Cholonoglu. So, big news coming in from Leicester City. They are going on about their transfer business quietly in the transfer market. Their recruitment team is top-notch, probably the best in England. And they have landed two of the most wanted superstars uh, in the name of Patson Daka for only 25 million. What a steal. And the second move is Bubakar Somare from the League One champions, Lille, for a fee of 30 million. Two amazing signings. What are your initial thoughts and does this make them stronger than they were before? It does. It absolutely does. Because Somare, uh, if you haven't seen him play, just watch him. Just really, really watch him. He's a tank. He's an absolute tank uh, with a gas tank like none other. He's going to run all day long. He's going to give you all those uh, important interceptions that you're going to hope for. And uh, he's a player that I've been watching for quite some time now at this point. Just really admiring the way he's been actually been able to take Lil to a completely different level. Uh, and the way he's been playing, I, I think he's going to be a really, really good fit for Leicester City in the Premier League. Because he's got the pace. He's got the gas tank and obviously he's got the skills. Um, he, he can pass the ball. He can run with the ball as well. And more, most importantly for him, he can tackle, right? He can get into Absolutely. it. He's very physical, uh, a tremendous specimen and a great, great player overall. Really impressed with him. As far as uh, Dhaka, uh, I'm not that familiar with him. But uh, coming in at about 22 years old at about 25 million, it's an absolute steal for them. It's something that they should really be uh, looking forward to make the most out of in the future. Absolutely. Uh, if I look at... Bobakar Somare, he was the most impressive player apart from Bora Kilmaz and Jose Font for Lille last season. Uh, he is the kind of midfielder who falls in the category of Angolo Kante and Ndidi. Uh, 46 appearances last season, 2.4 tackles and interceptions per 90. What a remarkable uh, return that is for a defensive midfielder. And I think this will be an upgrade. Just imagine the midfield of Yuri Tillemans, uh, and Didi and Bobakar Somare if he picks up his form. What a brilliant midfield that is and how hard will it be for the Premier League attackers to go past these amazing giants of a midfielder. So, Leicester City are strengthening and increasing their squad depth. Other clubs are yet to move for the big names or the uh, upcoming superstars. Now, looking at Pats and Dhaka, that is a very interesting move. I think they have got their wide replacement. Kelichi and Nacho scored 14 goals in 15 appearances at the end of the season. Obviously, he is likely to continue that form in the next season. He's a player reborn. And you add Pats and Dhaka, who was the top scorer in the Austrian Bundesliga. He scored 27 goals in 28 appearances. Other than that, he's a very, very old-fashioned forward. He can be the target man. If you put the ball in space, he will likely run for it. And at the high-intensity level of football that is played throughout the season, I think players like Dhaka will absolutely make their mark. And I see Leicester City getting their final two pieces that is required for them to sneak into the top three of the Premier League. It will be a hard season for uh, teams like Arsenal and Tottenham who haven't uh, regained their form over the couple last couple of seasons and haven't really strengthened in all areas of, of the pitch. And we have Leicester City who have the best recruitment team in the world. 
So what do you see for Leicester City moving forward? Do you see them finally sneaking into the top four of the Premier League? I think they should. I, I think they should with the amount of talent they've got. Now, obviously, Jamie Vardy was getting up there in age and uh, getting a, a kind of a replacement who's going to play under his wing and really learn from him is a good move. And then, obviously, Samari and Ndidi in the middle of the park coming against such a physical midfield as is is, is going to be difficult to dominate them. It's going to be difficult to uh, like pass. Uh, just get the ball past them. So uh, that being said, uh, finishing in the top four should be an easier task because you're right, Tottenham has not strengthened and Martin Odegaard is not coming back to Arsenal. So Arsenal has definitely lost uh, a few players here and there. Not to say that they were a, a top four team before then as well, but it, it, it to me, it's really between these uh, teams now. Now, obviously, we've got United, we've got City, we've got Leicester City now, and then we've got Chelsea and Liverpool. These are the five teams for me that we need to be watching out for. Absolutely. Leicester City going about their business as usual and making strides towards the upper end of the table and finally are likely to sneak into the top four at the end of the next season. So let's see what happens with them. Really excited by their amazing two signings of Abu Bakr Somare and Patson Taka. So best of luck to both of these gentlemen. Let's see what happens. So a lot of big things happening in the managerial side of things in football. Rafa Benitez, who would have thought that he would sign for Everton in 2021? What did you make of this move towards Everton? And do you think it will be hurtful for the Premier League? Uh, it's not going to be hurtful for the Premier League. Having big name managers never is. But one thing that I want to say to you is the same thing I said to you when I heard of the move. It's like Fergie moving to City. It's uh, unholy to think of. It, it is, really is. Because I, I remember Benitez and the amount of love affair that he had with the Liverpool fans. And now coming in, taking over their fiercest rivals in their neighbours Everton. Going from the red to the blue, it's uh, definitely a move that I didn't see coming. When I even heard the rumors, when I was hearing that this move is going to be happening, I thought, no way in hell that uh, this, go th- this goes through. But for some reason, it did. And uh, again, going from Carlo to Rafa uh, is definitely uh, in the same ballpark. Both great managers, both with Champions League pedigree and coming into Everton. And uh, now... The only other thing that I really want to talk about is what, what's their recruiting strategy looking like? Are they keeping their star players or are they letting them go? Right? Because if uh, Benitez is coming in, obviously he must have been promised something. Uh, what do you make uh, of uh, Everton this season? Well, they need to keep a hold of uh, James Rodriguez because I think if you let James Rodriguez and Richarlison go, the spine of the team dissolves. So, other than that, I think Rafa Benitez prefers a very good defensive setup in his teams. If I look at uh, the teams he has managed in the past, Everton obviously need to strengthen because they were poor last season under Carlo Ancelotti. And people talk about Ancelotti being one of the best managers in the world of football. I think he has been terrible in his last three jobs. Now, Rafa Benitez coming back to the Premier League, I see the hunger in his voice when he was giving the interview. I think Rafa Benitez is an upgrade to Carlo Ancelotti in all uh, terms respectively and right now if they add a couple of good defenders and a striker for a, as a backup for Dominic Calvert-Lewin I think Everton are a good top 8 side in the Premier League and they will they should celebrate a top 8 finish because obviously you can't recruit the level of uh, players that United or City or Chelsea have over the course of one season. So that will be a tough thing for Everton fans to digest that there will be no European football even next season. But Rafa Benitez is, is an exciting move. Only thing that makes me excited as a Manchester United fan is this 
intensifies the rivalry and the Merseyside derby that happens twice every year. So that will be a really exciting uh, scenario for me as a United fan, as a neutral, to support Rafa Benitez uh, going head-to-head against Liverpool. What do you think about Everton? Can they afford to lose James Rodriguez? Uh, everyone is reporting it, though uh, people are denying it. Uh, Rodriguez is linked away with the move from Everton for quite some time now. And uh, I feel like he's a player who is better suited at a big-name club because he's a big-name player. Now, we haven't seen big-name performances from him in a long, long time. I must admit that. But remember uh, when he started out at Everton? He was making the difference. Everything that they needed him to do, he was doing it. Uh, I don't see them finishing top four. It's really going to be tough for them to finish top six. But uh, I was having a convo with uh, one of my friends and he said, if you're a mid-table club and you're not at the risk of going down, uh, being relegated, and uh, if you're not aiming for European football, if you're not aiming for top six, top four, what are you even doing? Right, And bringing in a manager like Rafa Benitez, it really shows me that there is that hunger. But the recruitment needs to match uh, in terms of the players coming in as well now. It's not just that to bring in a good manager and hope for everything to fall into place. That's not the case. You need players to make the difference. Uh, again, Carlo did make uh, the right recruitments. It was just that uh, the squad was not deep enough to carry on that run that they were on at the start of the season. Now, whether Rafa is able to change that is going to be another question. But uh, I do see bright future ahead for Everton. Bright comparatively for them. Uh, historically, they've been a great club. But I don't see them finishing anything above than, let's say, sixth place. Absolutely. Let's see what happens. This uh, Merseyside derby this season will certainly be a feisty one. Best of luck to Rafa Benitez in his new job at Everton. Thank you so much for watching another video of FDTV. It's been great to have you joining us. Again, make sure to leave a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Every single subscription helps. It motivates to put out more football content on a daily basis. Until then, see you next time. FDTV out.